Katie and I started Moose Talk uh, with the goal in mind to highlight the life's routines and wellness practices of everyday high performers, those individuals who otherwise wouldn't be highlighted on any sort of platform, but who are pouring themselves and their passion into their hobbies, their professions, and potentially even hobbies that they have turned into professions. It's our goal through this podcast to bring a greater sense of awareness to the lives of these individuals, to discuss what has allowed them to be so successful, and to understand what truly makes them tick. Hi, welcome to the first episode of the Moose Talk Podcast. I am Matt Musabi, for those of you that are just tuning in for the first time who may not already know me, and this is uh, J.D. Dolan. Um... As we have kind of hinted at through some social media postings, we've been trying to figure out the best way that we can really communicate all of the passions that we have for the health and wellness and, and JD, the health, wellness, routine, leadership, entrepreneurship type of topics. Um, we've been trying to figure out the best way that we can, can convey that to the most amount of people possible. And one of the things that we have toyed around with for a little while is the idea of a podcast and um, JD's probably heard me make fun of a lot of different things and give a lot of different people a hard time, but I've never really been a crazy huge fan of people that start podcasts out of the blue and really think that it's a way to leverage ideas that they have in their head. But the more that we have thought about it, the more we think it really is a great way to get some of the ideas and some of the topics that we enjoy talking about just the two of us. Um, out to people that enjoy the content that we're putting out on other platforms as well. Um, so with that, the really goal of the podcast that we've come up with is to um, highlight the life's routines and wellness practices of everyday high performers. Um, and with that, we are really looking to um, discuss the guests that we'll be bringing on will be people that um, might not otherwise ever be highlighted in their life for anything in particular. Uh, there's a lot of podcasts out there. JD, what kind of podcasts do you listen to mostly right now? I mean, I'm a, you guys know from hearing me, me talk before or post a lot is uh, anything that has to do with a morning routine, often in the health and wellness space, um, from Bulletproof Podcast to Leadership Podcast to uh, I like someone in the military and current events. Yeah, and I've never been huge on podcasts, so... Um, this is absolutely a learning experience for me as we go, but um, one thing that I do know is that there are a lot of podcasts out there currently that are highlighting a lot of the same people. Um, there are people that you would imagine would be featured on a podcast or even in a magazine or, or on a news station, and we kind of want to take the opposite approach. There's a lot of people out there that have an extremely high amount of passion for the things that they do and have poured and are currently pouring all of that passion into something um, to truly perform to their highest ability at whatever that endeavor is, whether it's their profession, their job, a hobby, a hobby that's potentially turned into a job or a company. Um, so so that's, those are the people that we're going to be highlighting on our guest list. We will have a guest on each of our podcasts, but uh, for those of you that know JD and I, you know that the topics of fitness, nutrition, wellness, routine, leadership, entrepreneurship, and the list will probably go on. But those are topics that will come up just in our everyday conversation that we have. And for better or for worse, it's conversations that we bring upon people uh, that we 
potentially don't even know that well or the p- people that are in our lives and are, are very close to us. It's a conversation that we're constantly having. So, um, I, mean, I mean, one of the really unique things about MooseFit itself is the fact that we have access to all of these really interesting individuals across industries. Um, and, you know, one of, the, one of the opportunities for us is to talk to them about what their life's like, what are the things that they're passionate about, and, um, you know, what is their driving force in addition to fitness. So not only is there a programmatic aspect to us getting to know them, understanding what they've been through in the past to optimize their health today, but it's also understanding, you know, really what, what makes them uh, get up in the morning, what gets them excited about what they're doing in their lives, with their families, with their careers. So we look at this as a really interesting spotlight, an opportunity to, um, you know, change where the limelight's focused and get back to that everyday American that's driving really hard that may not have a story about them yet. Yeah, and I think on top of that, one of the things that um, it's a sad realization that I've come to and that I've brought up in conversation to other people is just um, seeing the fact that it's obviously great and inspiring to see how many people there are that are truly passionate about things, but it's also um, a bit frustrating to see people that have an interest in something, uh, but it's almost an untapped interest just because they haven't realized how or what they need to do to truly pour themselves into that. And, and that's the idea that we want to do here is to, to highlight the people that otherwise are just kind of everyday people that are truly devoting themselves to their craft and their practice. Um, and as JD mentioned, as it comes back to um, some of the Moosefit stuff, I think one of the topics that will come up a lot in conversation that we don't really get to talk about a lot um, and that I think a lot of other um, individuals and other companies that are putting out health and wellness programming and coaching um, either intentionally hide and don't talk about or just haven't found a platform to talk about is the way that we go about some of the programming. I know right now for MooseFit clients um, that are doing one-on-one coaching, whether a pre-made pre-made program or a customized program, um, there's always questions about why is this this way? Why are you programming this way? And I think um, this is going to be a great platform to really have some of those conversations between the two of us and so that um, the greater audience, you guys can really understand what it is um, and really the amount of time that goes into creating even a pre-made program with general goals and topics and themes created and, and blended into that program. Um, but also the customized program. So those are conversations that we'll be having when it comes to nutrition. We um, on the MooseFit staff have a couple of registered dietitians and nutritionists that inevitably will be making appearances and some of their concepts and ideas will come into the conversations that we have. Um, JD, through the company that he started several years ago, um, you'll be bringing on and talking about people that that you've worked with. I don't know if you want to give a little bit of a, a preview to sort of the ideas around routine, leadership, uh, entrepreneurship? Yeah, I'll just speak a little bit to my background and and hopefully that'll segue nicely into some of the things that we're doing and some of what we're really excited about introducing uh, through the podcast. Um, Well, first and foremost, I'm excited to bring on uh, a number of my partners uh, and co-founders of LDR. So LDR, the military abbreviation for leader, a company that I co-founded back in 2011 and is a huge part of my life. I mean, really arguably the largest part of my life next to my family. Um, and they, we've been winning together thick, uh, through thick and thin. And um, it's really been nice to see a formal partnership established between that business, which has been around and growing, again, since 2011, with MooseFit, which is a, a relatively new brand that's moving really quickly and entering the corporate wellness space. And we'll talk a little bit more about some of the neat strategic partnership initiatives we're launching. 
Uh, we're just actually on the back end of our first formal corporate partnership with a large global client, and we're, we're thrilled about some of the, the feedback we're getting and the survey results. So we'll certainly share that a little bit more in depth uh, to the extent possible to talk about some of the exciting features there. So a little bit of my background, um, born and raised in the DMV, not far from, not far from where we are now. Um, I'm an only child, raised in a patriotic household. My family's fortunately not too far away, so I get to see them pretty frequently and even more frequently under COVID. Um, and my dad was an Army Ranger back in Vietnam, so I've been inspired since a, a kid to follow in his footsteps. Although I wasn't raised as a military brat, he got out after four years and um, raised me in Silver Spring, Maryland. Uh, but I always knew that was a calling for me. So and I um, think one thing, Jay, really quickly that I think we'll talk about with some of the guests, and I'll pose the question to you. Um, you, you may touch on it as you kind of proceed with, with your background, but what was it in particular about understanding what your father liked to do and what made him want to become a ranger and, and serve his country that has kind of helped get you to this point right now? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, I think I was lucky in that um, there was never a point in time when my parents pushed me to do anything. So, I mean, when I think about it, when I tell people that my dad was in the military, my their first inclination is, okay, so, you know, he pushed you to serve or he pushed you to maintain this disciplined routine. And it really was nothing like that. I mean, I think um, they had me 15 years after they got married um, and really wanted to cultivate whatever it was that, that got me excited. Um, and so I always knew that I wanted to be in the military. Mm -hmm. I didn't know exactly what until September 11th, and that, for me, is the defining moment in, in my life where I knew I wanted to be an Army Ranger very specifically. Um, and then I knew I wanted to follow an officer course. I knew I wanted to go to college and commission. Uh, I was torn between West Point and um, going to a liberal arts school and ultimately made the decision, and that was based on some feedback and some visits that um, while that's a great school and some of my best friends are, are from West Point, that the path for me was a small liberal arts school in Pennsylvania. Um, and that was really, I think, if I ask, you know, when, what was the moment where you determined you wanted to be in the military, I couldn't tell you. I mean, probably as early as I could imagine. My first toys were uh, military uniforms and guns, and, you know, that was my backyard adventure. Um, but when exactly I knew what I wanted to do in the military was September 11th. Yeah. 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 So... You see your father as a ranger, um, you decide that the liberal arts route is the way that you want to go, you go into the ROTC program, and then where does that take you from there? What did you study, what did you uh, focus in, and then how did you determine that you the path that you wanted to take down the military? Yeah, so I commissioned, um, you know, obviously at the, end of, at the end of college, but I had to make a decision about um, committing to a career, at least for, for the first four years. Uh, the beginning of freshman year. So I was I came in as a contract cadet, which means if I pass the requirements, I have the opportunity to get a scholarship for, for school, but thereby I need to commit to uh, service following school. So I made that decision early on freshman year um, that this was you know this was the path I was going to take. But the rest of my college experience, I say, was pretty traditional. Um, I studied liberal arts. Um, didn't quite get a minor in English, but pursued English. So here's a question I've had um, yeah. about ROTC, guys. You guys go about, as a college kid, it's relatively the same experience. Potentially the same experience as maybe someone that's playing sports. Obviously, yeah. the, the very intent similar. of what you're doing is, is very different. Um, but could you, can you speak to that a little bit about maybe how that has led to the current routine that you have? Because it's something that I'll talk about when I go into my background a little bit. 
you played sports growing up, uh, but particularly how ROTC in college maybe helped hone in that uh, yeah. or, or develop that skill that maybe had been underdeveloped at that point? Yeah, I think it's a, re- it's a good question, and it's funny when I reflect on it because the reality is I think college athletes had it much harder than I did, even at, even at Dickinson, a small, small liberal arts school. And certainly my friends that went to service academies, West Point and Annapolis, um, had a much different discipline experience than I did. Um, but the reality was we were going to do PT uh, at least three days a week. So we were up uh, and working out at 6 a.m. And for me, that was always, I mean, PT in, that, in, in those days, um, I'll buy it not that long ago, uh, was running and push-ups and, you know, the basics. We weren't going to the gym. We weren't, you know, we'd do swimming and some obstacle courses a couple times a year. But traditionally it was calisthenics. And really what it was about for me is a routine. I knew I was going to get up early. I knew I was going to get a sweat in. It was going to be hard. And then I was going to get off the class. Uh, and it was the afternoon that I developed a, a physical fitness regimen that I use today that involved the weight room. Was that on your own or was that something maybe with other guys that you were either friends with or in the ROTC program with? Most of it was on my own. Yeah. I mean, I'd meet people and we'd lift at the same time. But I wasn't going down there with a group of 10 guys. Sure. And that was something that was done on my time when I had, you know, in between classes or yeah. whatever that may be. Uh, but I do, I trace it back, um, you know, early mornings, I think about it all the time, like getting an early sweat and then getting the day done and then deciding if there's other things I want to take care of. Yeah. So uh, you're, so you're in the ROTC program. Um, at what point during your college career did you determine this is something that I want to proceed with and, and make a career out of? Um, and then how did you also end up blending that with some of the business acumen that you have to kind of get you to the point where you're starting and, and founding LDR? Yeah. Um, I mean, I really decided I had to decide the first month of freshman year. Mm-hmm. So it was a quick decision. I think I knew going in exactly what I wanted to do anyway. So contracting was more of a formality. Um, so all ROTC um, individuals have to determine freshman year. No, uh, just to their scholarship. Got it. Okay. So there's a there's I think there are four of us, and they have been more than that. Four of us that came in with scholarship options. Okay. Um, and we had to pass a physical fitness test. Got it. And if we passed it um, on the first go, then we could sign and um, you know consummate the, the scholarship mm-hmm. for four years. And then there's a number of other scholarships that came as we progressed. Other members of our class uh, were given scholarships to pursue. The entrepreneurial side, I think, so after the military, my dad and mom really um, ran a couple of different entrepreneurial ventures. So they started an antique business and ran it for 15 years. Actually, that was before I was born. Um, And then my dad decided right around the time, a couple years before I was born, that he wanted to get into uh, financial planning. At the time, being a CFP was a brand new enterprise, you know, brand new industry, really. And he called my mom and said, you know, I really want to give this a go. And she said, let's do it. And they picked up their stuff and sold their business in Pennsylvania and moved to D.C. Uh, and the rest is history. And my dad, you know, I'm happy to say my dad just uh, recently retired, transitioned after uh, almost 30 years running Dolan Financial Corporation. So I think it was always in my blood, the entrepreneurial side. But um, as we've talked about, I mean, the beginning was really mowing, mowing grass. I mean, landscaping when I was a kid. Um, through middle school into high school mm-hmm. and then getting into college I actually recruited some buddies uh, roommates to come back over the summer live in my parents house with me and run a landscaping business which yeah. uh, ultimately was was great yeah yeah no I think it's 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 funny you tell that story and for those of you that are that follow Moosefit on Instagram when we first kind of announced that we're going to be doing this, this podcast it's it's a quote and a story that um I reflect on quite quite frequently, and it's funny that JD and I both have the shared experience of um, 
but specifically through through cutting grass and uh, it's a phrase that my grandfather spoke when I was a lot younger and he would always say no matter what you do you should always want to try to be the absolute best that you can at whatever that is whether it's a hobby and this is kind of where we got the theme for the podcast and for the guests whether it's a hobby whether it's a profession and uh, when I would visit him in, in northern Ohio and I first told him that I started cutting grass and I I got my first $15 for cutting the neighbor's grass, whatever it might have been back then. He was like, well, if you're going to cut grass, you better cut the best damn grass that anyone's ever cut. Um, and it's little things like that, and I'm sure there's things that, that have been told to you very similar to that that, that really stick with you because, um, I mean, you're a 14-, 15-year-old kid, and you, you just want to make a couple of bucks so that you can go out and buy a pack of baseball cards or whatever it might be. Um, and at the time, it doesn't really seem to mean that much. But as you start to get older and, and progress into a career or, or a profession or athletics or whatever it might be, um, those are the things that really stay with you. So I'm wondering, I'm curious, JD, is there anything, any mantra like that that maybe from your parents or, or grandparents or whoever it might be uh, that kind of stuck with you? I mean, that just hearing that, it fits so nicely with, and for me, it would have been my father, um, without a doubt, who's... He's had the greatest impact on my professional professional life and endeavors. But the expression he always used was finish strong. Mm. And, I mean, I think he, he recognized in me that I love early stage. Like, yeah. I like the, the front end of things. I like envisioning something, setting the tone, driving really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one of the reasons that I've always been, you know, a team player is that I recognize that I've got weaknesses. So identifying people that will match with me in a really nice way, cover some of my weaknesses... Um, one of those areas is I think finishing really strong mm-hmm. so that was something that we always focused on so whether it was the end of an academic year inevitably where kids are excited to get out of school and then they make mistakes or um, the end of a game or in, in business you know after you've, you've done the hard work of getting things off the ground now you need to push it across the mm-hmm. finish line you need ruthless executors yeah. you need guys that um, are just nose to the grindstone and I've been fortunate in, in my time, and my ranger buddy was Rich, who, who you guys will get to know uh, throughout this, um, you know, probably the best operator that I've ever met. And he's the perfect executor, and it matched so nicely with this. And I think, um, you know, it's no surprise that we're partnered in, in this endeavor because of your ability to execute. Um, so not only combining some, some vision and obviously the, the vision for the podcast, but this ability to really finish strong, not kind of give up at, towards the end. And a lot of your athletic endeavors are all about that pressure in the moment, right? It's sometimes just you performing with all eyes on you, um, whether that's an Olympic lift or whether that's golf or whether that's uh, another endeavor. So, um, but finish strong has has certainly been a theme in my life. Yeah, Yeah, you know, it's it's funny, JD mentions Rich. Um, As he said, you guys will get to know Rich either just through us talking about him and most likely through him either sitting next to us or or being on the podcast. But um, JD's definitely an ideas person. Not to say that he isn't an executor as well, um, but just through our short relationship that we've had over the last three years, um, I've been able to see that firsthand, and, and I tend to be less of a creator necessarily and more of an executor and an operator, so um, it's just interesting how these things really um, start and how they flourish if you have the right team around you, um, and that's a concept that we'll talk about a lot, most likely as we start to get into some of the entrepreneurship topics. and. Um, inevitably, as we have guests on that have either started their own businesses or are in the process of starting their own business, they'll um, bring that topic to fruition as well because you really can't have a successful organization without mm-hmm. having uh, other individuals close to you that 
Um, so really quickly, I'll, I'll run through some of my background and we can loop back to um, kind of how we're here today, how we started Moosefit, um, and then we can kind of close things off and, and talk about some of the guests that we're going to have on. But um, as far as my background is concerned, I grew up uh, in Columbus, Ohio. I was actually born in Cleveland, but grew up in Columbus, um, lived in the same house my entire life until I went to college. Um, and my mom's one of seven, um, and four of her siblings are actually practicing physicians. Her father was a practicing physician. Her mother was a, uh, was a nurse. So medicine was always something that was um, ingrained in me. Um, and I was never pushed by my parents or by my grandparents to um, get involved in the practice of medicine. Um, I was fortunate though, and this is something that I'm extremely thankful for, that my father was in the uh, industry of healthcare. He's a uh, sales rep for Medtronic, so a, a massive um, healthcare company that sells some pretty advanced technology, and he's in the electrophysiology side of things. So while being involved in healthcare, he was definitely more on the business side of things rather than the practice of medicine. Um, but growing up, my whole intention with my career was to become a physician, uh, and I actually wanted to practice ophthalmology just like my grandfather did. So uh, that's what I would always tell people when I was probably even in middle school. High school came around, that was still something that I was extremely passionate about, and um, as you guys will learn and as I'll talk about, um, almost to my detriment, my when I find that I'm passionate about something, I really dive into it almost blindedly. Um, and again, there's positives and negatives that can come out of that. Fortunately for me, as I got to college, um, I was still a little bit blinded by my desire and goal to become a physician. Um, I majored in, in neurobiology at Georgetown uh, while playing golf there. Um, we can, we'll talk a lot about our athletic backgrounds and, and things um, as we move forward with this. But um, I was lucky enough to uh, spend a summer, I had done clinical research as any aspiring physician in college would do, anyone that wanted to get into med school. I did clinical research at a pediatric oncology lab in Columbus, Ohio, and I didn't find that I was really enjoying it as much as I thought I should be if, if medicine was something that I was going to be making a, a, a profession of mine. So with the last summer that I had um, prior to really applying to medical schools, I had taken the MCAT my junior year, so I was, I was ready. I was ready to apply to medical schools um, I was linked up with uh, a woman that ultimately became the chief medical officer um, at the company that I worked for when I first started out of school, and she was a former neurosurgeon, funny enough, and JD and I haven't really even talked about this a whole lot. Um, I believe she was a captain in the Army. Um, she served overseas as a physician, um, so there's, it's funny that that connection exists as well. Um, but she made the switch from the practice of medicine to industry. She worked for um, some, some financial services firms, and then she ultimately made her way to Cardinal Health, which is the company that I first started interning with. Um, it was through some of the interactions that we had and the project that she had me working on that um, I was really able to think in a way that I hadn't been able to think when I was studying science as an undergrad. So ultimately decided that, and fortunately enough, I was able to kind of remove those blinders that I had on really since middle school of wanting to become a practicing physician and um, take a look at potentially the, the industry side of, of healthcare. Um, had some various strategic roles within Cardinal Health, working for the chief medical officer, was able to be exposed to a lot of uh, the ins and outs of a big corporation, a massive multinational corporation. Um, from there, transitioned over to working remotely. Is, that's when I moved to DC. 
Um, as you guys, if you don't already know, um, I moved to DC more or less to be with, excuse me, to be with uh, my fiance Katie, who was living in DC at the time. Um, having said that, probably one of the best things that has happened to me professionally is the opportunity to work remotely. Um, with the extra time that I had, JD and I have talked about this, um, I found in the remote setting, and I think a lot of people are really starting to realize this, especially under COVID circumstances, working remotely, I had a lot of extra time. Um, I realized that while I was still getting all the work done that I needed to for my day job, um, so to speak, I had a lot of time in the mornings, I had a lot of time in the evenings, and um, I don't tend to do well when I have a lot of time on my hands. And I think through conversations that JD and I have had, um, we actually both get into trouble when we have too much time on our hands. It was something that I, my parents saw when I was in grade school and middle school and, and to a lesser extent in high school just because of the experience that I had uh, with high school and really my first exposure to true discipline. Um, but I had a lot of time in the mornings and the evenings, so um, I started to reach out to gyms that were near me. I had recently just started doing CrossFit. Uh, when I was in Columbus, I met Chris Diarmo for the first time and was doing CrossFit there. Um, and I saw how cool it was and how cool she was when she was coaching. And really, that was all it was at first. I, I was into fitness. Um, I saw Christy Armo and I thought she was really cool at the impact that she was having on the people that came into her classes. So I was like, I've got time in the mornings. I've got time in the evenings. Um, I'll see if I can pick up a couple of classes here or there. So I got my CrossFit level one um, and I started to apply to different coaching jobs in the D.C. area. And uh, linked up with the gym in the area that I ultimately ended up becoming the general manager of and um, really invested a lot of time into it while still working remotely. Um, but, and this is kind of a, a theme that I've had throughout my life, I, I really wanted to try to optimize my time as much as possible. And while I was coaching, I started to realize the amount of time that I physically had to spend at that location uh, to make a a living for myself, but B, to make an impact on a relatively small number of people. Um, and the wheel started churning in my head a little bit, and I actually had a few individuals reach out to me over the course of my time there and ask if I, they, if I could create programs for them for, maybe it was a, a half marathon they had coming up, maybe they wanted to look good in a bathing suit for their vacation, and I would take these on because it was something that I was able to do on my own time. Uh, on my computer, I could work at my own pace and on my own schedule and get this done and, and hit the needs of what I didn't realize at the time were really clients of mine. Um, and with all that information in mind, I started to think, well, is there potentially something bigger here that I could be doing to reach more people as well as continuing to optimize my time to the best of my ability? So that's really where MooseFit came from. Um, it started off just with a couple of clients and um, JD and I have had the shared interest and uh, we still have the shared interest but potentially to a little bit of a lesser extent of one day opening a gym of our own uh, at the time when JD and I first met through the gym that I was managing and JD had just moved to DC and this is where our friendship started but um, I, I sat down with JD just recognizing and, and it's really interesting how people that are passionate about things without knowing the other person very well um, can sense that about them and I wanted to connect with JD and just talk to him. I had pulled, a, a, pulled together a business plan of my own with for an idea that 
we'll talk about in later episodes. But I presented it to JD just knowing that he had this this LDR investment firm and um, the various ins and outs that I was able to pull just from looking JD up online. Um, and we sat down at Lock Alum in Blyton Alley, which is just behind his house, and we started to really hash out what. At the time, we didn't realize it was going to be a business partnership and a friendship, but that's ultimately what it ended up becoming. Mm-hmm. Um, as some of you may be aware, Moosefit has grown very rapidly over the last year and a half. Um, it's something that we're both extremely closely involved in, um, something that we're extremely passionate about, um, and something that we strive to continue to grow over the course of its lifespan. Um, and as we kind of circle back to the topic of this podcast, it really is something that we have identified as shared passions of ours. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something that we have poured ourselves into as much as we can with some of the other things that we have going on in our lives, but really poured ourselves into uh, to make as successful as possible. Um, it's something that we've merged with other parts of our life as well. Um, and I think that's really come to fruition through the partnership that Moosefit now has with LDR through this pilot that we're doing with uh, a corporate client and we'll continue to develop more corporate relationships like those. But um, I just go back to the fact that when there's something that you're passionate about, A, you recognize other people that are super passionate about it as well, um, and B, you pour yourself into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, again, circles back to what the theme of this podcast is really going to be about. It's going to be about people that, unsuspecting people, um, that really have identified a passion of theirs and identified something in them that makes them tick and allows them to say on a daily basis, I need to pour myself into this and I need to make whatever I'm doing the best version of that that I can possibly make it. Um, so long-winded background that kind of circles us back to why we're sitting here today and kind of the goal for the podcast. I don't know, JD, before we um, pass things on and, and, and talk about what the, the next iteration of this podcast is going to look like, uh, I don't know if there's anything that you want to touch on. Um, yeah, I didn't want to interrupt because I think that's such a great um, thought process in how we, how we got here from your background into, into today. But one of the things that... Um, you said it reminded me of one of the conversations we had pretty early on. So Matt was coaching. He'd moved into the manager role for the gym. He also had a full-time consulting job. And I took him aside after class one day and I said, how are you balancing these two things? Like what, uh, I mean, I knew myself from having coached CrossFit um, in New York City uh, and balancing that with being um, actually active duty at the time and going to business school that there's, there are ways to do it, but it's not always easy, and you really have to be passionate about whatever those extra things are that you're doing to do them well. So I asked him about that, and I said, you know, where do you see your passion? And he said, well, really what I want to do is impact people's lives. And right now, in the management consulting space, I'm impacting an organization, so I'm having an impact, material impact. But when I come in here, yes, it's fitness, but I'm changing the lives, literally, of hundreds of members. And that had an impact on me because I think when you, at least for me, when I think back, you know, I have a lot of respect for coaches generally, um, but not, not a lot of CrossFit coaches, unless they're professionally competing, are highlighted. And their actual passion for what they're doing, it may be perceived as, well, this is an interesting way for them to earn money or they're really fit so they can get a side, you know, side job or a side hustle. And in reality, it may be because they feel like they are having a greater impact on the world by impacting you know, hundreds of members on a daily or weekly basis than they are in their day job or at the office. Um, 
And I think that's a perfect example of why we want to do this podcast. We want to pull people out of you know their their world where they're really successful or really driven and it making a huge impact, but maybe not catching the limelight uh, and and bring that back full circle. So needless to say, I mean that was something that you know Matt he wasn't thinking twice about it when he answered that one. I mean it was something that um, I mean I remember the conversation clearly. You saying, well, this is where I'm having an impact. This is where I'm going to put in time. And then as soon as that transitioned to programming, the ability to impact more than a couple hundred, right? Yeah. You can impact yeah. thousands and thousands. Then the question came down to, which I, you know, I always hear um, from mentor the like is, whatever you're gonna do, make sure that whatever it is, one, you're passionate about it, two, you can be top 20% of the world at it, and three, people are willing to pay money for it. Yeah. And the reality is, who's uh, fit is all those things. I mean, I would, I would put your programming against anyone in the world, uh, you know, and I'll go on public, a public stage and say that. Um, and, I've, and I've tested a lot of them. Um, and you know you combine that with getting to know the client and understanding how you optimize that. That's a really powerful combination. So while programming is only part of what we do, it is a core you know foundational concept behind it, and it allows us to get to know clients and get to know their interests and then optimize their lives. And that's really what we're what we're here to do. So um, there's a lot more time I could certainly spend on on my life. Yeah, I'd like to talk more about yeah. really quickly taking that kind of one step further. And I think JD hit on it, and it's it's definitely a shared interest of ours, but. Um, Programming is definitely something that I have developed as something that is um, one of my strong suits and one of the reasons that people find MooseFit and stay with MooseFit for an extended period of time. But um, that's not to say that workout programming is the only thing that we consider as contributing to someone's overall wellness. Um, and I think that's something that we're, we're beginning to really develop with MooseFit. I think at the forefront, people find us and they're interested in us and they pay for a service because of that. And then we're also able to have conversations with our clients and say, well, how are other aspects of your wellness wheel? And this is something that has been brought to my attention through uh, my involvement. JD's been involved as well with Little Friends for Peace, which is the nonprofit that, that Katie, my fiance, works for. But there's so many aspects that contribute that contribute to your overall wellness outside of just your physical fitness. It's nutrition. It's routine, it's understanding how you're interacting with other people and other things in your life. So um, one of the things that we are working on building out is including various factors into understanding what contributes to someone's overall wellness. That's really the theme and then the data that we're collecting from this pilot that we're doing with the corporate client. And I think we really see the, the growth of this as, as a true concept that people associate with wellness. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times people hear wellness and they start to immediately jump to kind of uh, holistic wellness in the sense of these like herbal medicines and those sorts of things. But I think there's a stigma attached to that that some people are a bit opposed to or afraid of or just they don't know about. And we want to kind of change the idea of wellness to being um, not just that, but also not just physical fitness. We want all aspects of your life to be um, contributing in a positive manner to your overall wellness. So um, that's the direction that we're really heading with some of the, the corporate work that we're doing, collecting data, presenting that data to individuals, and really trying to make an impact on as many people as possible when it yeah. comes to improving their overall wellness. Um, so we'll, we'll kind of close things off here a little bit. As we've both kind of said, there's, there's so many different conversations that we can have about the different things that we've talked about, the, the different topics, the ideas, the people that we've mentioned in our lives. And uh, we really want this to be a conversation between the two of us about all of those things, the conversation with the guests that we have, 
um, but also somewhat interactive with the people that are um, listening to the podcast. So as you guys hear this episode, if there's um, things that you would like us to talk about on, on these episodes, obviously we have a plan for what we will be talking about. It's not going to be scripted by any sense of the imagination, but we do want to make sure that we're hitting on um, current health and wellness ideas and topics that are floating around at the time that we'll be filming these podcasts. Uh, but if you guys have individuals that you think would be great candidates to have on as guests, um, keeping in mind that we really are just looking for those true everyday high performers that are passionate about what it is that they're doing and they're striving to be the best that they can at that. Uh, or even if there's topics that you want us to visit and have a conversation about, uh, please let us know through various social platforms. Uh, we will give you guys an update. We're, we're super pumped about the first guest that we're going to have on. Um, Jason McCarthy, he's the uh, founder of GORUCK. Uh, for those of you that don't know GORUCK, JD, you can probably speak to it a bit more than me with, with your military background. Um, but it's neat because um, you know through the DC network and, and through some family connections, we've circled back and reconnected actually with Jason and his family, um, which has been really cool for us just as a community. Yeah, so. yeah super stoked to have Jason on. Uh, I think as JD started to mention, GORUCK is definitely the events as well as the products, something that are extremely popular in the DC area. Um, Jason's story is, is super interesting. The book that he's, he's releasing is, is super interesting as well. Um, it hasn't been released quite yet, so we haven't gotten a chance to read it, but as soon as it comes out, we'll, we'll be reading that thing cover to cover. Um, so stay tuned for more information. Uh, we're, we're super excited. Um, we're learning this process as we go. Um, so things will have its, its bumps and its hiccups and, and we'll, We'll take everything in stride. Um, there's definitely some challenges, just like anything that you're you're starting for the first time that come along with a podcast like this. Um, JD and I were just talking before we started um, how it's it's a bit weird having to create a conversation between two people, knowing that there's also uh, hopefully one day millions of people um, listening and watching the podcast. So bear with us as we learn. Um, you'll get to see a learning process for us and see how we progress with this, which I think is really cool about this entire thing because. Uh, for anyone to think that they can just jump into something new and, and be extremely good at it, they're um, either more talented than most people that I know uh, or a little bit lost and confused about the way that, that progress and, and what it takes to progress and become good at something actually takes. So um, excited to have Jason on the next episode. Stay tuned for some more information and let us know if there's any topics or individuals that you would like us to cover or have on uh, future episodes. Thanks for joining us, and like I said, stay tuned for more information. Yeah, we'll talk to you soon. Awesome, thanks. Smart talk, no conversation. That look makes me impatient. I can't tell which... Thanks for tuning in to episode one of Moose Talk. We hope you enjoyed hearing a bit more about JD and I's backgrounds, how we became friends, and how our friendship has turned into uh, what has now become Moose Fit. We are both super excited to have Jason McCarthy on as our first guest in our next podcast. Jason is the founder and CEO of GORUCK, uh, so stay tuned for more information on that podcast. If you are interested in learning more about MooseFit, be sure to check us out on Instagram at MooseFit, as well as on our website at www.moosefit.co. Super stoked to be starting this podcast journey with you guys, um, and we're, we're excited to have you along for the ride with us. Feelings don't run me round and round Don't build me up just to let me down Just to let me down, down, down